Welcome back. Diamonds for a Point, the podcast. So by now you've heard a few episodes of some people that I met on my way, my journey. You've you've heard of some DV stories and obviously how domestic violence can affect relationships a little bit on both sides. But I want to take you back to actual life in jail with a baby. In jail, you are allowed a weekly buy-up and you can get a few extra things like your chocolates and and maybe pens or pencils, whatever it is that you might want to buy, cake mixes, things like that. Those are considered luxury items. So the jail doesn't supply those. Same as when you're in the mother's unit, when it comes to your baby, your baby is not considered a prisoner. So therefore, anything you need for the baby needs to be bought on a mother-baby buy-up, which is fortnightly. So if you need to buy nappies or wipes or anything basic, clothes, anything, it's all done on a fortnightly basis. The only thing the jail really supplies is the cot. You have to supply the pram and, and everything else and... Income is not really a thing in jail. It's, it's a little bit hard. But somehow I got through. My child's father was in the jail probably 500 metres down the road. He was also incarcerated at the same time. The jail offers a facility where you can talk to family members or partners if you can be approved and obviously prove your relationship to to the supervisors and, and they approve it and once a month you're given a phone call. So her father and I were allowed that privilege. Other than that, we were allowed to write to each other. So he and I wanted him to meet his daughter. We We always wanted to have that relationship build straight away. So... We were allowed to sign her out of women's prison. And what that involved was his mother would book a visit to visit me and the baby. At the end of the jail visit, she would take the baby with her out of the jail. They'd sign her out. She would then keep the baby overnight. And the next day she would visit her son with our daughter And he would get to see his baby for the two-hour visit once a fortnight. She would then bring the baby back to the women's prison and they would sign her back in. I wouldn't see her at this stage. She would be on the other side of the visiting processing room and I would be on the prisoner side and they would walk the baby back to me. The process was quite fast and, and speedy. The delay was not very long. But every time handing the baby back to uh, to myself, the baby would have to be removed of all clothing and only returned back in a nappy. So I would be in the visiting area waiting with a change of clothes to quickly change her over. This is to stop anything being sent into the prison through the baby transaction time. Co-parenting jail style was <laughs> very different. Very different, but they did develop somewhat of a bond, which which was good. And 
on her pram, which obviously I had to always have with me with her when we were walking around the jail, I would keep a photo of her dad clipped on the side of her pram so that yeah, maybe she would know his face, seeing it more often. On the other side of the pram, I would clip a photo of my other children for her to look up to and look at while we were in the pram walking around. Part of the rules to child safety allowing me to have the baby in the jail was that I engaged at least daily in some kind of course or interaction. So I would do the parenting course on a certain day. There was Save the Children's play group on a certain day. I would have to have a meeting with Sisters Inside representative at least once or twice a week. They would have to cite me. I would have to do other programs on any other day. So pretty much six days a week in jail, I was on the footpath walking to a course or back from a course as part of being allowed to keep her there, which meant she had to be in the pram. Now, everyone out there who knows newborn babies know that they don't really act on our time schedules. If she wanted another feed or if she wanted changing or anything like that, it all had to be done in the pram. You were not allowed to take the baby out of the pram. Didn't matter. So if she was unsettled, I would have to leave the course and go back to my unit. I wasn't allowed to pull her out. I would have to walk back to the unit. Now, it's it's not a very long distance, but there's magnetized gates and doors. You have to wait. You have to show your identification, your prison card to be able to enter in and out of whichever section I was walking towards. So there's a process. And there's this newborn baby screaming, absolute hysterical, because she doesn't understand. Mummy can't give her what she wants. Mummy has to get back to the unit to do this. It was quite intense. It was quite intense to not be able to act maternally in those situations because you have to abide by these rules and and this strict way. And by the time six weeks came along, your breast milk is changing over and, and you're not able to satisfy them as much. So they're eating more and this became more and more stressful. So my carer suggested to me, why don't you supplement feed? Why don't you get some formula in? I thought, yeah, that's not a bad idea. That way you can give her something in between. And I thought, oh, yeah, because I could easily, obviously, give her a bottle. But also, too, if I needed to, it would actually calm her more settling. The breast milk just wasn't satisfying her as much. My mother was coming down to near where the jail was to pick up a car she'd bought. And I'd spoken to her on the phone and I said, would you be able to drop me off some formula because we don't have another buy up now for almost two weeks. It just passed. And I really think I need to supplement feed her. It's getting, it's getting quite bad. So she said, yeah, no worries. So she dropped the formula off to the jail. Now you don't get to just go, hey, there's formula dropped off. Can I have it? Doesn't work that way. They'll tell you when they're going to give you what's been handed in. Nevertheless, I waited and waited and waited. And it must have been about eight o'clock at night that three guards stormed into the mother's unit. 
and this one particular guard who really nobody liked. He had the formula in his hand and I stood up out of my cell bed and, and I walked to the doorway of, of my cell and he said, did you ask for formula? And I said, well, yes, I'm, I'm supplement feeding. And he said, so are you breastfeeding? Yeah, I just told you I'm supplement feeding. Like, it means that I'm breastfeeding, but I'm topping her up with a little bit of formula because we're going through that rough stage at the moment. And he said, I don't know how such a beautiful baby was born to someone as ugly as you. But the moment you step up or one breach, I'm going to make sure I'm there to move that baby out of this jail. Babies should not be around people like you and the people within this jail. I just stood there. And all I could think of you are just a pig or an arsehole. But I said nothing. He was not going to let me bite. He was not going to get me to bite. No way was he going to get me to bite. I had been through way too much. If he thought that he was going to break me, oh, please, please. So he hands me the formula and he walks out and the other two guards go with him and the other women within my unit come out of their cells. They said, are you okay? Are you all right? I said, yeah, I'm fine. It's okay. And they're like, wow, we heard out what he just said and how he spoke to you. Are you sure? I said, Ugh. Pause. He's obviously a very, very bitter man on the outside. I got no problems there. We went back to bed and I got to at least be able to supplement feed like I'd wanted to and, and I never really thought about his words. It really never affected me at all. I had my baby and now I had my formula. That was fine. A few days later, there was a PA announcement. My name was yelled over the mics, get to the supervisor's office now. And I was like, what? And I was shaking. And, and so to get to the supervisor's office, I've got to put the baby in the pram and, and obviously put my shoes on and, and then get out of the mother's unit. Magnetic door has to open. Got to get out through another child lock safe. Get on the pathway and get up there. It, it's probably about... 150 meters from where I was but it's a it's a, a bit of a effort so getting her ready and I'm shaking I'm thinking what have I done and the aggression in the supervisor's voice I was like oh my god I'm in trouble I'm in trouble I'm in trouble and I was freaking out and I was shaking and I get out there and I'm, I get on the pathway and then all the other women from the other units were on their balconies or outside of their units are you okay are you okay I was like yeah I'm fine I don't know what's going on I'm like, I think I'm okay and I'm like, oh, but I had to keep moving. Hurry up, hurry up, get to the super's office. And she was screaming. I was like, what the hell? So I get up there and I stood outside her door and I knocked. You, you wanted to see me? She said, yes, come inside, shut the door. Shut the door is not a good sign. It's a really bad sign. I was shaking. I could feel my palms sweating. My breathing was short. I, I was gasping. As I was sitting there listening, she said, so you got your baby in. I said, yes. She said, you're on very strict conditions. One breach and they will remove her. Yes, I know. But congratulations. I want to have a cuddle. I was like, what? Oh, oh my goodness. You have just given me a heart attack. My, my, my 
whole body was shaking. I have bolted up here, dropped everything that I was doing, and she wants a bloody turtle? Are you kidding me? I wanted to jump across the table and start choking her out, okay? Truth be known. But I didn't move. I, I just stood there in shock, just blinking my eyes like, what? She said, you heard me. Let me have a look at the baby. I think I froze. Goodness knows how long I was frozen for. I was just staring at her and I just couldn't even understand. And then somehow the words came out, I'm sorry, but that would be a breach. Only the two carers and myself are allowed to hold the baby and no prisoners or no guards or supervisors are allowed to hold her. So I'm sorry, I'll have to say no. She looked at me and smirked and then she stood up and she walked around her desk and sat on on the top of the desk facing me, looking into the pram. She said, well played. Good answer. You can go now. I think I froze a little bit more, but I got up and I, and I walked out and I was like, what on earth was that? And I walked down the concrete path, down past the units, and all the women were yelling out, what the hell, what the hell, what happened, what happened? And I just looked and said, I'll explain later. I went back inside the unit and just picked her up and held her for goodness knows how long. The anxiety of a baby in jail is intense when you have all those things over your head, all of those breaches, all those possibilities of what ifs. You have no control, you have no power, you have no say, you have no rights. But you just have to learn to hold the moments, to hold those moments that are glorious and take every second of what you do get and value it. I think it was probably the most bonding experience I've had with any of my children. The capacity to have one-on-one time and no distractions. There's no phones, there's no internet, there's no computers, there's no other people in your life because you're not allowed to. You're not allowed to have that. And it's just what you can make out of it. So... The bond between her and I was extremely strong. At night, co-sleeping was also a breach. But I just couldn't let her go. Just being an arm's distance in the cot across from my bed was too far. It was was too far. So I started co-sleeping with her. And I would lay in the bed with my back facing the wall which faced the doorway as well as the little bit of glass they have in those doors so they can sneak a peek of you when they do their head counts and you're asleep. She would be tucked in between me and the other wall and I would just keep my bra undone. not sleep with his shirt so it looked like I was breastfeeding so if they shone their lights in and they looked through the glass they would think I was breastfeeding 
and I never got caught. She would settle just laying on my breast and go to sleep. To this day, if she's tired or she's unwell or if she just needs a cuddle, she will cuddle me with one arm around me and one hand on my breast. The intensity of our bond was definitely formed within those jail walls. The times that we spent, just her and I, with no one around, no distractions, was probably the most glorious times of my life. The anxiety, everything was worth it. Everything. Sometimes I think life goes too fast on the outside and we have so much going on around us, it's really hard to take those precious moments in and I had all of that my rights my connections with anyone else none of it mattered because I had her and we were able to have that bond I hope you're enjoying our podcast Thank you for tuning in again. More episodes to come.